Good morning, church. Will you stand and worship with us? Welcome on this uh, Labor Day. Sorry, I had to think. I get the two confused, but welcome on this Labor Day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry there's no coffee or donuts. Who needs coffee when you got Jesus? Yes. Let's go ahead and let's have the enthusiasm say good morning to a neighbor and try to catch a name. 
Well, good morning again, Hopevale. You can go ahead and have a seat. It is great to be here this morning. My name is Adam Harbaugh. I'm one of the pastors here at Hopevale. And it is a Labor Day weekend, and we are very glad that you have chosen to be here to worship with us uh, here this morning. And just one announcement this morning, and that is this. Uh, next Sunday, we are going back to our fall ministry schedule, which means Sunday morning we have three services, 9, 1045, and 1230. Now, this is the 9 a.m. group, and most of you guys are like, yeah, what's the big deal? We'll be here at 9 o'clock every week. Nothing is going to change for us. But in case you didn't know, when we announced that last week, the 1045 service, they started clapping. <laughs> so those are not the morning people. They're like, yes, we get to sleep in even more, 1230. So we will see you guys here next week, 9 a.m. We'll be there. Uh, at this time, as we continue in worship this morning, just want to invite the ushers to come forward as we prepare to just give back our tithes and offerings to the Lord. You know, it's, just, it's, uh, it's a great act of worship as we get to give back some of what he has blessed and given us with, just as we as a church seek to honor his name, not only here locally, but globally as well, and just expand his kingdom here on this earth. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is good to, to be in your house this morning uh, as a, a body of people just gather together to worship and praise your name, God, because you deserve it. You are uh, our incredible God, and it is, um, it's just good to be together and give you the praise that you deserve. And so as we prepare to give uh, and worship you in that way this morning, God, we just uh, we give out of uh, a cheerful heart, knowing that these are our gifts and resources that you have given to us, and God is good stewards of what you have given us. Given it to us, we just want to give a portion of that back to you and your church, God, and just uh, take and use these gifts and offerings to expand your kingdom here on this earth, all for your glory. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
describe our thankfulness for your son those words that his love ran red he bled and died because he loved us so that our sins would be washed white amen amen you can go ahead and have a seat it's just an incredible and, and powerful time of worship together on this uh, Labor Day week. And so glad you're here. Uh, you know, in my mind, this is kind of like um, denial Sunday, right? It's the very end of the summer, although for some of you school-aged parents, this may be excitement Sunday, right? <laughs> Everything starts on Tuesday. But it's great to have you here. And you know, one of the things we do here at Hope L, we observe communion every month, and we'll do that in a little bit. And we also bookend the summer. You know, we do communion on Memorial Day weekend, and we do communion on Labor Day weekend, really to, to just be reminded of the Lord's love in our life and really the foundation of our faith, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we do the songs that we do pretty much on other Sundays, but for some reason, they just seem to come into greater focus when we have this time of communion, as we will in a little bit. And then there are those times where um, you're worshiping, and, and the worship team... Uh, sings a song, and you feel like God arranged it just for you, right? And that, that happens. And uh, I had that experience this morning. And as the worship team was leading uh, all the way, my Savior leads me, I, I just really was ministered way deep within because I, I felt like that was God's message to me. Uh, many of you know um, that a couple weeks ago, my dad passed away. He was 81, been in poor health for a while. Um, so while we knew uh, he was, the end was near, so to speak, uh, his passing was sudden and unexpected and um, kind of unfolded within hours. He lived in Indianapolis, five and a half hours away, wasn't able to to be there um, really when he started failing, was able to be with some family the next day. And then just last weekend, uh, we had the memorial service and a good and just a a really hard time um, for Kathy and me. This is uh, our first loss parent-wise. And for our kids, it was the first uh, grandparent they lost. And just... um, 
just hard, hard stuff, stuff that's not unique to me. I know that. I have talked with many of you. I've been with you on some occasions as you've gone through this, and, and you, you reflect on life, you reflect on death, you reflect on just what our faith in Jesus Christ really means. And so you start thinking about bigger picture concepts, right? And it's not so much, geez, do we have enough milk, you know, in the fridge? Do I need to run an errand? Or, oh my gosh, there are those shoes I was going to buy. Are they coming off sale? And, you know, no, you think about bigger things, right? You think about, oh Lord, my life, the life of those around me, the importance of my faith, and even thoughts of eternity, right? This past week, you um, may have seen, read in the news about uh, a hit-and-run accident in Frankenmuth. Um, uh, Adult woman, uh, Lisa Sampson Moore, her parents are Hopewell regulars, and speaking with them this week and just feeling the grief they felt uh, is just overwhelming. It really is, and I... I share all this really kind of not just to to bring us down, but to recognize the reality uh, of our lives and really the importance of what it is to know Jesus Christ personally. Um, There are times I get up here, I preach a message, and I don't want to presume everything. You know, I don't want to presume or assume that every single person who walks in these doors, has a relationship with Jesus. I know many of you do, and many of you have walked with the Lord for a long time, and for that, that is tremendous. But I think there's a sense, and maybe even on a holiday weekend, and some of you, this is your first Sunday here, maybe you're just visiting uh, family, friends, maybe uh, this is part of a new school year resolution where you're thought, oh, wow, okay, this is the time we come to church. We're going to see what's going on. And um, if that's your case, glad you're here, really. I mean, what you've heard us sing, what we're going to do right here, this is all part of, of what we're about, right? Not unique to Hope Valley. It is what we as Christians practice, but it's just this understanding that the heart of why we do what we do is to direct our eyes to Jesus Christ. And so there's a passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today that um, many of you know, many, most of you know. As a matter of fact, even non-church-going people are probably familiar with this passage. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, Jesus, during his earthly life, saw what was ahead of him. He saw the cross. He saw the victory of the resurrection. And he said that out of God's great love, the love of his Father, is why Jesus came. It's why Jesus was speaking these words at that moment and why those words echo on 20 centuries later here to us. That the gift of Jesus is a gift of love. And it is a gift You know, gifts are given freely, not under compulsion, no strings attached. They're given open-handed to be received. And and Jesus says, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in the Son, shall not perish spiritually, shall not be separated from God, but shall experience, shall have, shall receive, shall own, shall possess eternal life, a a quality of life that isn't just about the other side of death and heaven, although that's a big part of it. No, it's a quality of life that begins in this life, of a reconciled relationship with God and knowing him personally as Father. There's so many words in here that are powerful, but, you know, just even this concept that, that whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. Not whoever, you know, has lived a good life, whoever has kept the rules, whoever has done more good than bad and, you know, weighs positive on the scale. But whoever recognizes their inadequacies, 
spiritually speaking, and knows there's no way they can work their way into a relationship with God, but believes in Jesus that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of mankind, that his life is not just about being a good moral teacher or setting a positive example as a role model, but even more than that, he came as a sacrifice for our sins, substituting our life, right, which should have been the ones, for his life, his life on the cross for us in our place. And whoever believes in Jesus, whoever recognizes their need for Jesus as Savior has eternal life. That's what we celebrate today. That's what I want you to know. The life that allows us to stare death in the face and have confidence. Death is the biggest foe we'll ever face in this life. And Jesus conquered death. A little later on, as Jesus is going on in John chapter 3, he revisits this thought about tying belief, tying belief in the Son to eternal life, right? And, and he says, he, he restates it, you know, at the end of this, this long discourse, he says, uh, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, right? We just saw that, right? So whoever... You know, that's you, that's me. Whoever has not just head knowledge, but, you know, heart commitment, knowing, believing, trusting in Jesus Christ has eternal life. But then, there's this incredibly sobering statement on the second half of this, right? Whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Why? For God's wrath remains on them. Now, if we had two hours, I would completely unpack this, but I don't want you to miss the language here, right? Whoever rejects the Son will not see life. I mean, Jesus lays this out really clearly that there are two paths. There aren't multiple paths. There's believing in him or there's rejecting him. And by the way, rejection isn't just out of active aggression and defiance saying, no way, Jesus. Rejection can also look like passive indifference. Nah, that's fine for you, not for me. It can look like uh, procrastination. Yeah, I know, I, I, I gotta take care of that spiritual stuff in my life sometime, right? No, rejection can take a lot of forms. I mean, I think here, the way you know, Jesus lays it out in this either-or choice Rejection is anything that looks like non-belief, non-acceptance. You know what rejection can look like? Rejection can look like religious duty and faithful church attendance, right? As a means of getting in good with God, right? Now, rejection is about the heart. Rejection is about humbling ourselves before Jesus, recognizing he did for us what we cannot do for our own our own self, that he died to secure our forgiveness. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Why? For God's wrath remains on them. Every once in a while, as we go through the Bible here at Hope L Sunday by Sunday, this word creeps up, wrath. And it's a scary word. It's a harsh word. It's a word that there's part of us that just wish it wasn't there because it sounds so extreme. And Jesus says, whoever rejects the Son, God's wrath remains on them. They're not going to see life. They're, they're not going to know the glories of heaven on the other side of death, rejecting the Son. Why? Because God's wrath remains on them. What's God's wrath? God's wrath is his righteous anger. God's wrath is complete, perfect justice, judging our sin, judging our rejection of God, judging our selfishness, judging our um, half-heartedness, judging our, um, you know, any time we don't fully keep God's rules, his laws, in word, deed, thought, or motive, right? And it says that God's wrath remains on them. And as I was going through this passage this week, what really jumped out on me, I mean, everything here, was the word remains, right? 
Now, here's the reality that I think a lot of us don't want to think about, right? God's wrath remains on them. Jesus doesn't say God's wrath gets placed on them or God's wrath all of a sudden wasn't there and is there. No, it remains on them. And, And you know what this says? This says that God's wrath is on everyone, but it is removed for those who believe in Jesus, right? Jesus bore the wrath of God, the righteous judgment, the perfect justice of God. He bore that on the cross. That's why the cross is so violent. That's why the physical suffering of the cross is really only a small aspect of the suffering of Jesus, because Jesus bore the righteous judgment, the justice of God on the cross. He suffered. He experienced this moment of spiritual abandonment, so much so that he cries out to his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wrath, justice. And with that wrath, we are cut off from the life that God intends for us, the, the life that God desires for us, the life that God offers us because of Jesus. And so in a moment, we're going to observe communion. But I, before we do, I, I, I want to look at everyone here and just say, do you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you believe in him? Do you know that you have eternal life? And, you know, that, that gift, that, that standing is not, did I have a good day? Did I have a good week? Did I have a good month? Right? How am I doing, right? It's not this up and down kind of roller coaster that we ride. It is a sure, solid foundation based on what Jesus has done for us. If you do, then let the, the Holy Spirit just flood your heart today with peace, with assurance, right? with the reminder that your Savior leads you through the peaks and valleys and dry periods of our lives. Be encouraged that you are loved so deeply and sincerely by our Savior. If you don't know Jesus, one of the things we say at Hope Val is, well, let me say a couple things. One, this this time of communion where we're going to pass these elements out, the bread, the reminder of Christ's broken body, the the, the cup, the reminder of of Jesus' shed blood, right? One of the things we say is that if, if you don't know Christ in a personal way, if you do not believe in him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you let the cup pass by, and we say that not to single people out, we just say that to recognize kind of the sacredness of this moment, right? Because the last thing we want to do here at Hopewell is have you just go through religious motions that have no meaning for you, right? right? Some of you, you feel like that's what you grew up with, right? People who did all the right things, checked all the right boxes, but had no life to their faith, Right? And so we want to honor that, right? We want to do that, you know, because in the end, what we're doing here is it's not about the person to your left or your right. It's not about me. It's about you and the Lord, right? And so if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, we'd ask that you let the elements pass by. But I guess my challenge to you is this. If you believe there is a God... If you believe there is a heaven, if you believe there is a hell, if you believe there is an afterlife, if you believe there's something more to your existence than just the days and years that you spend on this planet, then what's going to happen to you? How are you related to your Creator? How does God accept you? How does God call you His son, His daughter? Right? Well, I've lived a good life. All my parents grew up, you know, going to church. They, they brought me in. All, you know, we, we kind of have all this, like, this moral resume, right? Done these things. I've been these places. I've served these positions. And Jesus says, no. Whoever believes in me has eternal life. 
That's the offer. That's the joy. That's the good news. That's what, what, oh, we would love for you to know. We really would. There have been people, men, women, uh, through the years, boys, girls, who in a moment like this in communion have recognized their need for a Savior. Where the light bulb went on, spiritually speaking, that, wow, church isn't just about, you know, um, you know, coming in and, again, checking a box, so to speak. It's about knowing God personally through Jesus Christ. And so we invite you, I encourage you to trust in Jesus Christ and to call him your Savior. For those of us who know him in that way, I just, I want, you know, the, the worship team's going to play some instrumental music through this, and there'll be a song later on that'll have us reflect on the sacrifice of Christ. My, my prayer for you as we're winding down the summer, my prayer for you as we're engaging into the fall, a new ministry year around here, as Pastor Adam said, back to three services, back to full children's programming, you know, just a lot of things, adult classes coming up, things like that, that just God would renew your heart, would open you to what's next, what God has for you next in this wonderful journey and adventure called following Jesus. So um, let the Lord speak to you. And if there's something, something in some dark closet of your heart tucked away that you know you need to deal with, but you've been afraid or you just don't want to open that door, open it today. Let the Lord shine his light. Bring it out to the open. If it's a secret, if it's a habit, if it's um, just something you know is not pleasing to the Lord, bring it to him. Because here's our Father. He invites us. He invites us to an op- honest, open life. And that when we confess our sin, we don't receive condemnation. We experience forgiveness anew and afresh. And if that's where some of you are, I, I would love for you to know that, to experience that cleansing and renewal today. Parents, if you have kids sitting with you, if they know Christ as Savior, um, wonderful, they can partake. If not, let the plate pass by. Again, we want to give honor to what we're doing here, but we also um, want to, again, use this as a time for all of us to benchmark our hearts, our lives, and where we stand with Jesus, and that includes kids. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask that our servers come forward at this time. I'm going to ask the rest of us to bow our heads as we prepare for the bread the reminder of our Lord's broken body. Father, thank you. Thank you that um, in the face of darkness, you bring light. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Thank you that the darkest dark cannot overcome the brightest of lights, our Savior. And thank you that out of your great love, Heavenly Father, you did not withhold, but you sent your Son, Jesus, into our world so that we would not perish, so that your judgment, your your justice would not remain on us, but that it would be placed upon him and he would bear the wrath and he would die in our place so that we would know forgiveness, so that we would experience eternal life now and forevermore. Lord, I pray today would be a renewal of that, a celebration of that, a reminder of that, to give us strength as you're leading us all the way, Jesus. And again, Lord, for those who may not know where they stand with you or know they need to take a step, may today be the day that they cross from darkness to light, from rejection to acceptance that they would not perish but have eternal life now and forever. And Lord, thank you that we know that this is true by faith. And even the the bread will remind us that this reality, this promise, this certainty comes through a real, tangible, physical death. Our Savior in our place on the cross. 
and that his suffering is our great gain. Meet with us in this moment by your Holy Spirit, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. What we're about to do goes back about 2,000 years. It goes back to the final night before his death when Jesus gathered his disciples in a place called the Upper Room where they observed the Passover meal, an act of worship rooted in the Old Testament that pointed forward to his sacrifice on the cross. And as part of that meal, Jesus took bread. That was part of Passover, but this time, he would infuse what they're about to do with new covenant meaning, new promise meaning that would echo all the way through the centuries, even to us today. And then Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he said to his disciples who were gathered there, but he says to us today as well, this is my body broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. the servers come forward again as we pray for the cup and the reminder of Jesus' shed blood for us. And Heavenly Father, as I say the word reminder, I know that something powerful happens in this moment. That it's not just a mental nudge but it is a deep communing with you, Jesus. 
it is a, an act of renewal, of, of refreshment, spiritually speaking. Where we truly are reminded and encouraged to know that our life is in you. And that Jesus' words, his promises of eternal life, those are real and they are ours as you lead us, Jesus, all the way. And Lord, would you then, by your Spirit, encourage our hearts and strengthen the experience of your great love for us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And just let the words wash over you and remind you of this symbol you're holding in your hand. The power of the blood of Jesus that washed away all our sin.
Boy, what a beautiful, beautiful reminder that the blood of Jesus Christ is our victory. And I, um, I hope that as we head out here in a little, little bit, that those words will just continue to, to ring in your hearts. Even the best Christians have those dry times, those times of doubt, those times of uncertainty. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit would remind you the blood of Jesus Christ, his shed blood, is your victory. In the same way Jesus took the cup, he gave thanks and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. pray together. Lord, would you wash over us the victory, the encouragement, the hope, the joy that comes knowing Jesus as our Savior. That God, by your Holy Spirit, you would renew us. You would refresh us. You would revive our hearts to love you and and to follow you more passionately, Jesus. We thank you so much for this incredible, incredible gift of love, so undeserved and yet given so freely, abundantly, holding nothing back. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, even now as we sing this closing song, may this be our declaration of our hope in our life, in Jesus Christ, in him alone. We pray in his name. Amen. Let's stand together.
Goosebumps right there. All right. Oh, man. Tremendous worship here in the power of Christ we stand. My prayer is that for every single one of you here, that's your hope, that's your life, and that you are encouraged from head to toe this week to love your Lord and to follow him fully. Next week, we will wrap up our Heroes series. Pastor Steve has a message for us, but as you go this week, may you stand in the power of Jesus Christ. God bless you.